It's just after 6 o'clock in the big city. It's time for America's favorite Las Vegas sports show, Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah, what up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rabapudi. Trial lawyers that get results. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada style pub. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance. So get ready because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. Now. Ah, Fat Tuesday, KT Live, PSBR Law Studios here in Las Vegas. Over four and a half billion verdicts and settlements for their clients the last five years. It is Strength by Your Side, the relentless pursuit of justice, the best in personal injury for a long time in Southern California. Now you're number four here in the Vegas Valley. You may not need them now, but you may need them in the future. So jot the number down, put it away for safekeeping. You got the 702 down for Vegas, 830 530-9353, and a big fat Tuesday for KT, and it kind of fits the bill because coming up in about 20 minutes from now, I've got Galen White's going to join me. He just put out a book, Coach of a Lifetime, talks about the legendary high school football coach, Lewis Cook, down there in the state of Louisiana. So looking forward to getting with Galen White. Also, our number two, former Georgia quarterback and Dallas Cowboy quarterback as well, Quincy Carter, going to join me. Going to talk a little college football. And, of course, Quincy coaching high school football. Had a homecoming game last Friday, but he'll talk all about those Dallas Cowboys as well. We'll get into some college football throughout. We'll see if uh, the magic continues. What a game last night by those Baltimore Orioles. Old hoaxers Orioles come through again. Mullins with a big three-run blast in the ninth, and they get the win at Houston. And so just when it looked bleak, when they dropped the first two to Tampa at Camden Yards, they closed out, took both games in the weekend, Saturday and Sunday, and they get that win against Houston last night. So the Orioles' best record in the American League, three ahead now in the loss column, entering tonight over Tampa Bay. Tampa was uh, heading to extra innings, I believe, or they were in the ninth inning, tied up. And I'll check all those scores in just a little bit. Orioles were also 2-2 early on third inning at Houston. So I'll get you all caught up on all the scores. But, of course, uh, great show in store for you today. Tomorrow night's down at Steiner's Pub. Always Wednesday nights, 1-3 in the Vegas Valley. Check me out down there. That is uh, where I will be as I am every Wednesday night there. And a great lineup as well with Mark Lawrence, Andy Isco, and Arthur DeCesar from the Westgate Superbook. But we're going to start things out here on this Fat Tuesday and we're going to start it something like this. Now, the starting five. Number one. Uh, this is kind of brutal. And a bunch of injuries, you know, NFL-wise over the first couple weeks of the season. Of course, the Aaron Rodgers injury highlighted week one. But Nick Chubb, another gruesome injury. And, I mean, I get it. Some people have to see it. But how many people can actually watch an injury like that where you see just like, Ah, it's just nasty, and you just know it's not good, especially when you see the guy taken away on the cart. I remember having Joe Theismann right there at Steiner's Pub talking about the gruesome injury that he suffered at the hands there of Lawrence Taylor, and he said, you know what, KT, I never even felt anything. He said, the body's an amazing thing, so while you think I may be in all this agony, well, the body kind of protects itself, and uh, he said, I really didn't feel much till you know, days later, but... Nick Chubb out for the year. That's a big blow. Ford stepping in, doing a nice job last night. And won't be surprised if they add on one of their uh, 
uh, two choices. I think it's down to two choices. And uh, Hunt, of course, Kareem Hunt, who knows the system, he would be the first guy that I would look at. They were bringing him in either for today or tomorrow. And then Cam Akers is on the trade block there with Sean McVay and the Rams. But Nick Chubb out for the year, a major blow for the Cleveland Browns. And we'll get to Deshaun Watson. This guy is absolutely stinking up the joint. But we'll do that in just a little bit. Number two. Real happy Deion Sanders came out and said, you know, hey, football is football. I played football. I tried to keep it as clean as I could. But every now and then, I'm sure I hit somebody a little bit late. Look, it happened the other night. What a game. I mean, I'm thinking Colorado State doesn't have a chance, especially after their coach, Jay Norvell, kind of opened it up and uh, said something a little bit derogatory towards Dion with the glasses and the hat and all that good stuff. But it led to an incredible game. Not only an incredible game, how about the number one rated ESPN late night game of all times? Over 9.3 million people watched that game, and it was a blockbuster. In Colorado State, they had an opportunity, several opportunities, to put that game away. But Colorado came back at the double overtime victory. Very, very impressive. But there was a hit there on Travis Hunter, the two-way player there for Colorado, by D.B. Henry Blackburn, senior from Boulder, ironically. And after the game, Blackburn and his mom and family, they were receiving death threats. I mean, their number, their addresses were put up on the Internet. I mean, I just think stuff like that is such garbage is what it is, but Coach Sanders coming out today and says, we don't need any of that. Football is football. It's a game, and the young man may have made a mistake getting there a little late, but he didn't mean any intent and doesn't deserve any type of treatment like this. No death threats, and he kind of let his feelings be known. So I was very impressed with Deion Sanders. Number three. Well, it's not looking good for Mel Tucker. I mean, he's still calling Michigan State out, saying this is a miscarriage of justice. Look, Coach Tucker, end of the day, you put yourself in this situation. You're a married man. You're having, you know, phone sex with somebody that was hired for the university to kind of weed stuff like this out, and here you go. I mean, you can't justify it. No matter what you do, you cannot justify it. And Michigan State letting Mel Tucker know that we are going to fire you. So I expect that to come down within the next day or two. I'm sure they're just making sure that all legal ramifications are, you know, everything's kind of lined up to make sure that there's no uh, backlash uh, from Tucker and his legal team. But it looks like Mel Tucker will be out there at Michigan State. Number four. All right, the Las Vegas Aces, demonstrative fashion last night, taking care of business, moving on. Right? Moving on. It's the best two out of three in that first round. It's a little tricky. Again, for the top seed, the high, the better seed, those first two games are at home. The Aces did what you need to do. Becky Hammond taking care of business. Blow out Chicago two games in a row. So they're on to hosting the next round. Of course, they have the best record in the WNBA, so they will be hosting throughout. There's some other teams that are right now not faring as well. Talking about Connecticut. They won that first game at home by 30, but then they lost game two at home to Minnesota. So now they have to go to Minnesota to play the Lynx on the Lynx home court in game three, winner take all as far as moving on to the next round. Right now, overtime, New York Liberty up one game to none on Washington. They lead the game 80 to 79, 333 to go in overtime. Dallas and Atlanta just underway 
as well. So we'll keep an eye on the WNBA playoffs, but the Aces move on. Number five. All right, number five. Let me see if I can't find it. There it is. I had to find a little schedule there to get you all caught up on this wild card action. And it is exactly what it is. It is wild. Major League Baseball, American League, Tampa Bay's got that first wild card. But then you have two of three teams entering the night within a game. Toronto, a game ahead of both Texas and Seattle. Meanwhile, Houston in the West, only a game and a half ahead of both Texas and Seattle. So it's pretty crazy. I mean, you still have a way to get in if one team flounders over the other team. We're going to get to those scores in just a little bit. The National League is even more convoluted. It's absolutely insane. Philadelphia, four games up. They've got that number one wild card. But then you have four teams within a game and five teams within two and a half games. So right now, Arizona would be in. They're up a half game on Cincinnati and the Cubbies entering the evening. So those three would be in. The Marlins were a half game back. They're playing good ball. They just swept the Atlanta Braves. They would be out. But again, there's still 11, 12 games to go. And the Giants entering this evening, two games back of the wild card. So uh, we'll see how this all shakes out. We'll get to it in just a little bit. And I've got the schedules, too. And I'll go over those in detail in just a little bit uh, to let you know who plays who. But we'll do that after we get the scores. There you go. And that is a look at our starting five. Ken Thompson on a Fat Tuesday. Producer Mark Hoke running the show. Mark Hoke show, of course, Sunday mornings, 8 a.m. to 10 a.m., the best in professional wrestling. You like the Mark Hoke show? You're going to love Sports X Radio as well. Mark fits in perfectly here, not only doing his uh, producing production, but last night the guys do a great job. He and Chris Wynn filling in for KT on his birthday, and it was a great day for me, a great weekend. My wife spoiled me and uh, very, very blessed, very thankful, very grateful. Uh, So many friends and family and acquaintances, you know, whether it's Facebook or texting or Twitter or whatever, people just wishing you well. And that's what life's all about. You get older, you gain that wisdom and you realize how blessed you are to just have outstanding people in your life. And, uh, you know, you can't put a price on relationships with people and just the love that you feel from others. And that's what it's all about. And it took me a while to learn all that, you know, back when I was younger, you know, flying by the seat of my pants. And that was always the expression uh, that my stepmother would say, yeah, you just fly by the seat of your pants. You don't even think about consequences. And, you know, as much as I had disdain towards her, she was right. I mean, bottom line, I really didn't think about it. Never really thought about consequences and would just go and do stuff. And, you know, as my dad said, Going to have to learn by the old school of hard knocks, which I did. No question about it. But as you get a little older, you start cutting down on those mistakes. And then you try to hand that wisdom down to some of the younger folk that you see. So they don't have to go down that same rocky road that you went down. So, you know, kind of reflect it over the weekend. It was real neat, though. Uh, Again, my wife, Christina, just an amazing lady, a teacher for a long time. And uh, just a super person, always handing down her wisdom, but really helping me out as well. And, uh, you know, almost 11 years I've known this lady now, and she really takes care of me. So I'm in good hands. Four beautiful daughters and uh, just amazing family, amazing friends. And thank you all that uh, sent best wishes there 
on the birthday Monday, which was last night. And, of course, had a doubleheader, Monday Night Football. And then I had Chris Wynn and Mark Hoke filling in, doing SportsX Radio. And, again, you miss any part of the show, archives are up about 45 minutes after the broadcast. Or you don't even have to wait that long. You have the Rewind feature right there on the Odyssey app, A-U-D-A-C-Y. Download that. It is a worldwide app. It is fantastic. There are so many different shows that are on there that you can get to. And uh, just amazing to be connected there with Odyssey. Let me get back to uh, the scores real quick because we're going to bring on Galen White in about about seven minutes from now. So I want to make sure I get you all these scores because real important is if you're following baseball right now, I mean, it is unreal that when they put that wild card in, that next wild card, I mean, it's really changed things to where it's keeping a lot of teams alive. So you have separation, no question, National League, Atlanta, and the Dodgers well ahead of everybody else. And Milwaukee's done a nice job now in the Central to pull away from everybody, right? And then the American League, the Orioles and Tampa, I mean, two best records by far in the American League, but they're both in the AL East. So it kind of sucks right now for Tampa because they're three back in the loss column entering the evening against Baltimore. If uh, Tampa Bay's in the Central or the West, they're well up. And they're probably going to win those divisions. But we'll see how everything pans out. Uh, Scores right now, Mets and Miami, bottom nine, tied at three. So Miami needs to win again entering tonight. They were were a half game out. Atlanta blowing out Philadelphia, nine to three. That's top seven. Remember, Philly plus four entering the night. But Philly's not playing well. They've only won four of their last ten games. We'll see how it pans out. Just underway from Wrigley Field. Cubbies are up, bottom first. Got Pittsburgh out, no problem there. Cubbies, start, they need to win these games. They just got swept by Arizona. Uh, they lost three out of four to Arizona last week. So that's really what has catapulted the Diamondbacks into that number two wild card over the Cubbies was the Cubs just can't beat Arizona. And so we'll see how everything pans out again. Uh, 5-2 Milwaukee in control now at St. Louis behind Trevor McGill. So that's top five. Brewers continue to play good, solid ball, getting good pitching and timely hitting. Sam Fran at Arizona. This is a big two-game series down in AZ. It'll be Zach Gallen against Alex Cobb. Great pitching matchup. Giants are in must-win situation. They have to win both these games against Arizona. Arizona, they can get by with a split. Arizona's got 11 games left. I'm thinking if Arizona goes 8-3, and three, they're in. If they go 7-4, and four, they're probably getting in. They go 6-5, and five, it's going to be dicey. And after these two games with San Francisco, they close with American League teams. All American League teams. It's weird the way the schedule's set up for the Arizona Diamondbacks. Colorado and San Diego a little bit later. That'll be Feltner and Snell. Snell's minus 310, 7.5 your total. Final, Tampa ends up winning that game against the Angels 6-2. to two. So they continue to just put a little pressure there on the Orioles. But they had their chance, not saying they're out of it, but... Again, they had their chance, and we'll see if Baltimore can just stay pace tonight. Toronto leads the Yankees at Yankee Stadium 4-1. to Bronx Bombers out of the cellar, passing up Boston. 6-2, KC leads Cleveland, in case you have money on that one. That's bottom five from KC. That total, nine, so you only need another two runs to get them one up and over the total. Boston, a 3-1 lead, bottom four at Texas. Now the Red Sox playing spoiler, and the Rangers don't want to have any of it. But they do trail in Arlington, 3-1, to the home team. Keep an eye on that bottom four, Eovaldi and Hauk. The starters there. And now Baltimore has gone in front of Houston. It is five to three, bottom four. Gibson and Brown, the starters in that one. Again, the Orioles. Kind of crazy because those first, you know, two games against Tampa and uh the game before that, they just weren't hitting. And this team just, you know, they feed off each other. 
And so last night you saw Mullins get the three-run jack in the ninth, and that was the difference in a one-run 8-7 victory against Houston. And now it's continued. Here they are on the fourth inning already, have five runs home, 5-3, Baltimore leading Houston. I have a feeling five's not going to stand up in this game. Looks like both teams have their bats ready to roll. Seattle and Oakland, big game for the Mariners. Luis Castillo against Paul Blackburn. That game starts in about 20 minutes from now. We'll keep an eye there. 6 nothing Minnesota shutting out Cincinnati. That's bad news for the Reds. That is top eight. Minnesota already in pretty much there in the central. And then Washington beat the White Sox 4-3. to And Detroit is at the L.A. Dodgers. Diaz and Ferguson uh, doesn't mean anything really because Atlanta's got that best record right now pretty much sewn up. And uh, Detroit not going to make it out of the central. In the WNBA, 86-85 now. New York Liberty leads it in overtime. 25 seconds left against Washington. The Mystics uh, trying to prolong the series and send it back to D.C. Tied at one. New York wins it. They advance to the next round. Atlanta and Dallas, uh, 10-10 out of the gate. 4.20 to go first quarter. That is the uh, second game in that series. And we'll keep an eye on it. Now New York up 87-85, 15 seconds to go. So I'm keeping an eye on that right here. And uh, we will take a break and uh, come back. But I do want to let you know before I do, because we're going to come back and talk to Galen White, who is the author of this real neat book. And I haven't finished it, but I got it going. Uh, coach of a Lifetime, the story about Louis, Louis Cook Jr., legendary high school coach. And uh, some pretty neat people that he coached as well in a very small school over there in the Louisiana area, although he was a head coach at three high schools. Uh, but the last one, Notre Dame. It is a high school, not the uh, college, of course. Uh, but do want to duck in uh, the schedules real quick. Well, you know what? I'll do that later. I'll do that after the interview. I'll duck in the schedules because then we're going to have some more clarity as far as some of these scores finishing up. But Toronto, Seattle, Texas, and Houston, I'll let you know how that's panning out. But really, when you look at Miami, the Cubs, the Reds, and the Diamondbacks, and the Giants, Giants hanging in there, I mean, it's absolutely incredible that you have four teams right there within a half game. And now Miami trying to take care of business at home against the Mets. That is bottom nine there, tied at three. SportsX Radio 101.5 FM, Dawn, streaming live on the Odyssey app. Lots of college football, lots of NFL, and can't wait to talk to Quincy Carter as well. We're going to talk some high school football when we come back. And by the way, congratulations, UNLV. Coach Odom getting it done against Vandy. KT called it. I didn't get them all right on uh, Friday, but I did say that not only did I think the Rebs would cover, but I said I think they're going to win that game. And I got a great text from Brad uh, Brad Power. I said, great call, KT. Look, didn't look good when they were down 17 nothing, but found a way to get it done. And now they're a two-and-a-half-point favorite in El Paso. UNLV, baby, we got to go bowling this year. Coach Odom has the guys playing well. Take a break, come back, keep things rolling here on a Fat Tuesday Sports X Radio. Again, 101.5 FM, Dawn. Streaming live on that Odyssey app. Again, if you haven't downloaded it, do it now. A-U-D-A-C-Y. Producer Mark Hoke, he'll be chiming in throughout the show. We are live from Vegas, PSBR Law Studios. Keep it right here. You're listening to SportsX Radio. KT back on a fat Tuesday, a little rock and roll high school as we come back. 
Galen White going to join me in just a sec. If you had the Marlins or you're rooting for the Marlins, Jake Berger just came up with a two-out 0-2 pitch. He gets a base hit off Gott with men at second and third. Only needed one run, but the Marlins get the win, and that tightens things up even more as far as that National League wild card. Crazy. Uh, but the Reds are losing, so good night so far for Miami. Again, the Cubbies just underway, and Diamondbacks and Giants, a game that's key for both teams. They will start up in just about 10 minutes from now, so keeping an eye on all that crazy baseball going on. Great weekend of college football, NFL football, and, of course, doubleheader on Monday night. But high school football, of course, I grew up in Jersey and always enjoyed you know, the high school football playing and, and of course, watching the games. I uh, wasn't great in high school, but really enjoyed you know, taking in, you know, the games when I was younger and, and, and following some of the good teams and where my dad worked, there were uh, some bigger schools that were really good. And sometimes we travel and go see some of those games. And of course, got into USC football uh, because I was there at the barbershop, right place, right time. The old man, an Ohio State fan, gloating that Ohio State beat Michigan, Woody beating Bo back in the day. And KT, there he is in the booster seat and gets to see, you know, USC, UCLA. I'm there. All I saw is this guy on the white horse with the sword and gorgeous women and a coliseum. And I'm like, that's it. That's my team. I was six years old, seven years old, whatever it was, and uh, been an SC fan ever since. But the old man will tell me I screwed up. I should have been a Buckeye fan. And I got a lot of family and friends that root for those Buckeyes. I love college football. It's my favorite sport. College football, college basketball, those two are right there. Love the NFL as well. Uh, But there's something about college football. I can go, you know, Day to day, I mean all day. I can go from 9 a.m. to that last game in Hawaii if they're at home is over. But uh, high school football, good friends with Brian Panish. Brian Panish, of course, building Panish Family Stadium over there on the campus of St. John Bosco right there in Bellflower. Last year, the mythical number one team in the country. They just lost to a school from Hawaii the other day. They were number two behind the team Modern Day, which, of course, is where Bryce Young is from, uh, right there in their own conference. But they lost that game. So high school football is big. I enjoy it. And when I went down to a game in Texas one time, I'll never forget because I was going out with the uh, drill team uh, leader there. And she took me to a game. She goes, you got to see this. It's, it's amazing. It's the first year of Plano East, right? And this is outside of Dallas. So it's Plano High School against Plano. There were 20,000 for a, a regular season high school football game. Absolutely crazy. So if you don't think high school football is big time, all across the states it is. Some places bigger than other. But a place I'd like to go to that seems like a real neat venue. Anywhere SEC country is big for me. But Louisiana. I'm a fan of LSU. I enjoy the Bayou Bengals, and my buddy Larry Ragusa is a big time. Him and his dad, all the uh, you know, Bayou Bengal games, they'd watch them together. There's just something about Louisiana. Well, Galen White has just written a book, and it just came out, Coach of a Lifetime, and it talks about Louis Cook, legendary high school. He coached three different high schools over there in the uh, New Orleans area, but uh, one of those schools, Notre Dame, he was at the longest. And uh, I haven't finished the book, but like I said, it it looks like a great read. And I knew it's got to be a great read when I saw right there, you know, people making comments. Jerry Eisenberg, my good buddy. How many years at the Newark Star Ledger? Jerry's still writing. He's 92 years old. The guy's still writing. The guy's been employed there like 70 years or whatever. It's ridiculous. But he said, great book. And uh, somebody he would like to know, a guy like Louis Cook. And, of course, Jerry Eisenberg, friends with Vince Lombardi, Muhammad Ali. I mean, I've been to his house, all these different things, all these artifacts and everything there. But we welcome to SportsX Radio. Hope to have this guy on because he's a big writer as far as baseball books as well. 
His name is Galen White. Galen, it's great to have you, SportsX Radio. And, uh, boy, I'll tell you, this looks like a fantastic book. The great thing is I haven't finished it, but I'm going to get little uh, insight from you on why other people should get into this book. I'm already a, a football junkie, so I'm you know, par for the course, this, this type of book, but other people I think may just enjoy it just because it's not just dealing with football. It's dealing about a personality in Louis cook. That seems like just somebody that you'd want in your foxhole, just like that kind of guy that if he's on your Rolodex and he's somebody that you're able to get in touch with, you're going to get in touch with. Cause this seems like one heck of a guy. Someone has called him the closest thing to God with, uh, with to God with a whistle, and that's the, there you go. Uh, I grew up in Los Angeles, Ken. Uh, I uh, went to University of Oklahoma. I've lived all over the country, but I feel comfortable inviting folks to come down and see Notre Dame High School play in Southwest Louisiana. It's near Lafayette, Louisiana. Uh, they not only would be greatly entertained by Notre Dame High football, but also. It's got some of the best food in the world right here in southwest Louisiana, uh, crawfish, char-grilled oysters, and some of the most wonderful people in the world. I've worked on this book for two years, and right now it's a tie. Which is better, the food or the people? So come on down and uh, watch Notre Dame High School football, and you'll fall in love with uh, the people here and uh, what Coach Cook has done at Notre Dame High School. It's a school with only uh, 300 uh uh, plus a little over 300 students, 70% of the boys in the school are on the football team. Uh, it is something that all the kids who grew up in Acadia Parish um, want to do it, uh, when they grow up is play for Coach Cook. He has won, has taken 10 teams to the, 10 Notre Dame teams to the state championship, three more teams at Crowley High School. He's won four state titles at Notre Dame another one at Crowley High School, public school. So he's done it at the public school level, the private school level, and also in college. He had two four-year stints as a college coach, assistant coach at the University of Southwestern Louisiana. And during his second stint there, he recruited and coached as the offensive coordinator, Jake DeHome, who went on to lead the Carolina Panthers to their first Super Bowl. Yeah, that's pretty amazing. I saw that. Jake DeLome uh, was a uh, skinny kid. 18 years old, skinny kid, and, you know, a lot of those kids, especially, uh, you know, uh, some of these universities, what do you do right away? You're like, hey, I've got to beef this kid up. Let's redshirt him. And uh, Louis's like, nah, we're not going to do that. And the kid uh, ends up becoming the real deal. And, of course, like you said, going on to lead the Carolina Panthers to that first Super Bowl back in 2004. And uh, somebody that also made a comment as far as when the book came out, that, you know, as far as the type of person that Louis Cook was. Uh, Galen, what prompted you to write this book? I mean, how did you hear about Louis Cook? I mean, did you know of somebody that knew him or did you follow his coaching career and just said, you know what, this guy seems like a, a just a real neat person. Like you're saying, people talking about him, the next closest thing to God. He seems like he lives a clean life and just enjoys what he's doing, but not just the football on the field. He really enjoys helping those off the field get ready for the game of life. Sometimes, Ken, the best things in life are serendipity. They're, they're not planned. I had just finished a book on baseball in Crowley, Louisiana. In the 1950s, it was known as the best little baseball town in the world. And so I wrote that book. It came out. I was doing a book signing. 
um, and Coach Cook was there because uh, he had helped me get Ron Guidry, who he played with in, in college uh, baseball his freshman year. He helped me get Ron Guidry to endorse the book. Ron Guidry, of course, was a Yankee, a great, a great pitcher with the Yankees. Should be in the Hall of Fame, I might add. But he helped me get uh, Ron Guidry to endorse the book. Through uh, that, uh, we got to know each other a little bit. And then one day uh, after the last book signing, I asked him if he had ever thought about uh, writing a book. He said, yes, he had. In fact, someone had uh, started one but had not uh, followed through. So that started the discussion. There were a couple qualities about Coach Cook that kind of jumped out at me. My heroes, you might say, as coaches growing up, was John Wooden at UCLA basketball, 10 national championships there, if I recall correctly, and Bud Wilkinson, the head football coach at the University of Oklahoma. And I went to the University of Oklahoma my freshman year in 63 was Bud Wilkinson's last. And the Sooners still own the 47 uh, straight uh, game winning streak, uh, still own that from Bud Wilkinson's era. Coach Cook has the qualities of both men in terms of his leadership. Uh, both John Wooden and Bud Wilkinson uh, had their priorities straight in life. Uh, Coach Cook follows what he called, refers to as the three Fs, faith, family, and football. And that's one of the reasons that he has stayed in the same area his entire life. He's lived in the same house since the late 1970s. Now, he's coached both at the high school level and college during that time, but his biggest decision was whether to go east or west on Interstate 10. Interstate, uh, if he went east, that took him to the campus of uh, what is now University of Louisiana Lafayette. If he turned right, that took him to Crowley and either Crowley High School or Notre Dame High School, or he stayed in Rain, uh, which is right on I-10 here in southwest Louisiana. So he has put his family first. When he, he was coaching Jake the home going into Jake's senior year, when his boys were entering high school, he wanted to coach his sons. So he came back to high school, took a cut and pay to do that, and coached his, his three boys. His middle son, Jeff, um, led the team, Notre Dame, to the state title in 2000. He wound up being recruited by Nick Saban, and that's part of the connection that Coach Cook has with Nick Saban, who wrote the foreword of the book. And I like to say that what really speaks to the credibility of Coach Cook is the fact that someone like Nick Saban, the greatest college coach today, uh, for him to write the foreword about Coach Cook says something about Coach Cook. There's no doubt about it. And you mentioned a lot there. Ron Guidry, of course, for a kid that grew up in the northern New Jersey area and a dad who was a Brooklyn Dodger fan. So we were National Leaguers. So I always rooted against the Yankees. And uh, Ron Guidry, of course, 28-3, and three, his nickname, Louisiana Lightning. And I remember 1976, that uh, season that I, th- I want to say he was 28-3, and three, an absolute phenomenal season. And the Yankees go on to uh, knock Kansas City out and uh, that was the team that I had adopted as my anti-Yankee American League team. And three years <laughs> in a row, three years in a row, the Yankees beat the Royals in the playoffs. I think I I owed every kid in school five dollars that was a Yankee fan and learned my lesson the hard way. But a uh, lot of respect for Ron Guidry. He was unbelievable. wasn't a big guy, but man, Louisiana Lightning. He brought it and he was fantastic. John Wooden, another guy. I'm a USC fan, but I respect that guy. UCLA, what I really respected was that he was up for the coaching job at Minnesota in the Big Ten as well, 
And then uh, for some reason, there was a, I, I want to say a lightning storm or something where they did, they tried to get back to him. And he had said if he did not hear back from them, that he would take the UCLA job is what he told UCLA. And so he never heard from them. Minnesota, when they contacted him, I believe on Monday, when everything got patched up there with the phone lines, and they said, hey, we tried to get you yesterday, but we couldn't because of this lightning storm. And Coach Wooden said, my word is my word. I told UCLA if I didn't hear from you Sunday, I was going to take the job out there in Westwood, which he did and became the Wizard of Westwood. And then, of course, one of my best buddies, Corey Hilton, he is a diehard Oklahoma Sooner guy. And you were there, you know, starting right when Bud Wilkinson, the legendary head coach. And I know I, I could tell you're Oklahoma because you stopped yourself right there as far as with Nick Saban saying the greatest coach now like as far as currently still coaching you did not say of all time you stopped yourself because there are those that feel bud wilkinson was amongst those uh that may have been the greatest of all time i know my dad would lean woody hayes and there'll be some that usc of course john mckay there's a lot of legendary coaches uh but it's going to be fun to talk with you uh you know several times because i'm going to call you and, and and talk to you again after i finish the book uh but this looks like uh, a fabulous book what I'd like to do, if I can, if you don't have a uh, another interview set up, I just want to pay some bills here, a couple spots, and come back and finish up uh, maybe another uh, seven, eight, ten minutes with you if you have the time. Uh, I'd love to spend more time with you, Ken. There you go. Great stuff. He is Galen White. He is the author of Coach of a Lifetime, the story of Louis Cook, legendary high school football coach down there in the bayou going to continue this conversation in just a little bit sportsx radio 101.5 fm k dawn we're streaming live on the odyssey app we're live from vegas psbr law studios keep it right here we're coming right back at you A little fly away, a little Lenny Kravitz bringing us back here on a Fat Tuesday. Mark Hoaxman in the hit SportsX Radio Monday through Friday, 6 to 8 p.m. Pacific time right here. Again, you miss any part of the show, archives up by about 8.45 p.m. Pacific time. Or you just go to the Odyssey Rewind feature set to go right after the show concludes. Looking forward to a big night at Steiner's Pub tomorrow night. Uh, Wednesday nights, but Mondays, Tuesdays, Thursdays, and Fridays right here at PSBR Law Studios here in Las Vegas. Just update a couple things. New York did close out Washington in that series, the Liberty beating Washington, knocking out the Mystics two games to zero as they get that win in OT at home, so they'll advance to the next round. Dallas trying to do the same lead Atlanta 37-31, 4-20 left in the first half. They won the first game by 12 as well. The only game that we know is going to go to that third and final game will be tomorrow, Connecticut at Minnesota as the uh, Lynx won that game, too, in Connecticut. They've gone to the top of the sixth. Orioles still up on top of Houston, 5-3. Uh, 3-2 now. Texas tightened it up a little bit. They're in Arlington. They're top six as well. Toronto's opened it up, bottom nine. They're putting away the Yankees. That'll be a big win for the Blue Jays. Tampa, as we told you, beat the LA Angels by a score of 6-2. to two. Cubbies have already jumped on Pittsburgh for four in the first two innings. They're in the top of the third now, 4 nothing. Cubs behind Assad. Miami with that run in the bottom of the ninth beat the Mets by a score of 4-3. to three. And Atlanta putting away Philadelphia 9-3, two outs in the top of the ninth. So it looks like Atlanta, that is a foregone conclusion. And we'll keep an eye on all these other games that are rolling. We'll get into the college football, the NFL, all that stuff. Quincy Carter joins me in about, nah, about 15 18 minutes from now, but right now have Galen White staying over, and we're going to talk a little bit more about the book, Coach of a Lifetime, 
the story of Louis Cook Jr., legendary high school football coach, three different high schools there in the uh, New Orleans area. And uh, Galen, you talked about in the book at the beginning, you said, you know, Coach Saban, you know, had his uh, a cup of coffee, so to speak, in the NFL. Not a bad job, but at the end of the day, he realized his niche was really college football. And there's no doubt about it uh, between LSU and what he's done at Alabama. Legendary stuff right there. Uh, but this is, you know, Coach Cook. He's all about high school football. And he had the opportunity to take over that what's known now as Louisiana Lafayette. He had a chance to take over as Alma Mater and, and take that job. He'd already had eight years coaching experience there uh, as coordinators, you know, a couple of different coordinator positions, but elected not to do that and realized that, you know what, not only did he enjoy the high school game, but he really just enjoyed helping the kids get ready for life. And sometimes you can't put a monetary value on something like that. That's just a calling from somewhere else. Well, Coach Cook took a $6,000 cut in pay to come back and coach high school football. Uh, it's never been about the money to him. It's been about the kids. In fact, he tells other coaches, quit focusing on winning and focus on the kids. And if you do that, you're going to have better football teams and you're also going to have produce better people coming out of your program. Uh, coach Cook is, is an expert at developing talent. Now, someone said to me, at the pro and the college level, the coaching is more about managing talent. Now, I'm not suggesting that there still isn't some development taking place, but the major part of that development took place in high school. And it's coaches like Coach Cook and Quincy Carter, who you have coming on later on, it's coaches like them who can develop what has uh, wound up on their plate. You know, it's kind of what is in their district where they coach. Uh, Coach Cook does not recruit. Uh, he has had opportunities for players who wanted to play for him, but he didn't want to take them away from high schools nearby. Uh, he is very ethical in that regard. He, he, has, he does not have tryouts for his team. If a kid wants to play football and he goes out and he does what he's expected to do, he's on the team. So he does not want to deprive uh, a, a young kid who's spent his whole life wanting to play football at Notre Dame High School doesn't want to deprive him the privilege of playing or by recruiting some kid from maybe outside the area. So Coach Cook wants to win the right way. In fact, when his son, Stu, who is a high school coach right now, when he was looking at uh, entering the coaching profession, Coach said this to him, nobody is going to know what years we won championships. They're not going to know how many games we won, but they're going to know how we made them feel. Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty heavy stuff right there. And out of the uh, 313 students that were enrolled uh, Notre Dame High School 2022-2023, 166 were boys and 117 were better than 70% were on the football team. That's amazing. It is. And it's uh, these uh, a lot of times these kids don't start until they're seniors. In fact, that that's more the norm than than not, but they 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 and they show up during the summer months of June and July when they have their summer workouts. They're out there in the field working out at 5.30 and 6 o'clock in the morning. It was initially 6 o'clock, and some of the kids who had jobs to do after the practices, uh, they asked to come in at 5.30. Now it's kind of a badge of honor to be out there at 5.30 on a summer morning working out. You know, there are some good reasons for working out early of a morning because of the heat here in Louisiana. But still, 5.30 for 
a teenage boys, that's pretty unusual. Yeah, no question about it. Galen White, our guest, as we finish up here. And again, uh, Galen, you know what? I don't want to wait till the last minute because I've done that before and all of a sudden uh, pressing on time, but got about three, four minutes here. Uh, let people know how they can get the book, the easiest way for them to get the book, Coach of a Lifetime, because it looks, and I've started reading it. it. I'm just telling you, folks, it is going to be a great read. I can just feel it because I've already started getting into it, and it just feels like it's going to be a great read. So go to Galen White, G-A-Y-L-O-N, white.com, and there'll be uh, on the order page. You can order it directly from that website. Proceeds from the sale of the book are going to a special fund that Coach Cook has set up to help pay some of the non-faculty coaches a little more than what they're getting now, which isn't much. So it's, it goes for a good cause uh, and urge you to do that. You can also get it on Amazon.com or from the publisher Roman, R-O-W-M-A-N, Roman and Littlefield. It's a yeah. book, Ken, uh, uh, that it's not just a football book. It's a book about leadership. And that's one of the reasons that uh, I was a speechwriter for 11 years in the corporate world. So I've worked with a lot of CEOs and, and, and those type at companies like Goodyear and uh, Control Data and Eastman Chemical Company. And uh, there's a dearth of leadership in this country at all levels. And Coach Cook is a true leader. He is like a leader should be close to his people. He knows his people. He understands his people. He is a good listener. In fact, he's been compared in terms of listening to Mother Teresa because Mother Teresa, it was once said, made you feel like the only person in the room. And of course, he's been likened to Jesus on more than one occasion. There was one coach who said to him, Coach, uh, uh, I think you coached the way Jesus would have coached. And of course, Coach Cook, being as humble as he is, says, I don't know about that, but I would like to know what what he would have called the other day when it was third and one and we got stopped. <laughs> there you go. Great stuff. You know, uh, about a minute and a half left, but demeanor wise with that type of demeanor that kind of can take everything and kind of decipher it and, and, and give wisdom and, and just, you know, not be shaken by anything. Did you ask him where he got that from? Or was it a combination of people in his life? Uh, probably his mother in the family. She was uh, a, a coach cook has been called cool hand Louie and coach cook uh, has that kind of demeanor. And one of the amazing things about him, uh, his sister had a boating accident when she was 15 and she had to have her leg amputated. And the uh, coach was 23 years old at the time. And the, the night before she was to have her leg amputated, his sister, uh, Kathy had everyone leave the room except coach cook. She wanted Coach Cook to be in the room with her that night because he has that kind of calmness. He has that sort of like a rock of stability that she wanted with him that night before she had her leg amputated. That speaks to the kind of man Coach Cook is. No doubt about it. I'm so glad that you wrote this book. I know it took you a long time. Like I said, going to have you back on because you went through a lot of people and a lot of people made you feel very welcome while you were interviewing all the different personalities in order to get this book out there. Uh, Galen White, I appreciate it. And folks, please, you can get the book several places, but if you get it at GalenWhite.com, and that's G-A-Y-L-O-N, GalenWhite.com, it's better that way because that helps out a fund that's been set up 
with Coach Louis Cook, Jr. Coach of a Lifetime is the name of the book. Legendary high school football coach from Louisiana. We're going to finish up the book, and we're going to, in fact, I'll let my producer, Mark Hoke, read it as well, and then we'll both get you back on, and we'll continue the interview, and we'll keep pushing this on SportsX Radio. Galen White, appreciate you taking time out of your evening. Thank you so much. Thanks, Ken. Appreciate it. Great stuff. Hour number one in the book, SportsX Radio, PSBR Law Studios in Las Vegas. And uh, just a feel-good book, I'm telling you. Can't wait to get into it. Live from Vegas, 101.5 FM Don. We're streaming live on the Odyssey app. Quincy Carter going to join me next segment. We're live from Vegas. Keep it right here. You're listening to SportsX Radio. Welcome back from halftime. It's just after 7 o'clock in the big city. Time to continue America's favorite Las Vegas sports show. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson. <laughs> yeah. What up? Party's going on. Duh. Going to a party. Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson is brought to you by Hannah Shea Boyle and Rabapudi. Trial lawyers that get results. Steiner's Pub, a true Nevada-style pub. Preventative Diagnostic Center. Rob Ritchie, Farmers Insurance. So get ready, because Sports X Radio with Ken Thompson starts now. All right, KT, keeping things rolling. PSBR Lost Studios right here in Las Vegas. Of course, strength by your side, the relentless pursuit of justice, PSBR Law, Panache, Boyle, Ravaputi, the best in personal injury, 702-830-9353, Get with Quincy Carter in just a sec. Let me update. Cubbies up 5-1 now on Pittsburgh at his top four. Big game for the Cubs in that wild card race. Sam Fran, a 2-1 lead over Arizona. That is bottom two. That is another big game as far as National League wild card. As we get down, most of the teams have had 12 games to go. Uh, one of them had 11. And again, there's five of those teams that are right there. I mean, uh, unbelievable. The, the Phillies are okay. They're, they're, they're losing. They lost tonight to Atlanta, but they're still three and a half games up as far as wild card. So they should be good as far as getting one of those spots, but they'd like to get that top wild card. But then it gets crazy uh, with Arizona, the Cubs, the Reds, uh, the Diamondbacks and the Giants all bunched up, but four of those teams within a half game entering tonight. We know the Reds lost, and we know the Marlins won, so they're going to flip-flop as far as, because the Marlins actually started a half game behind the Reds, but it's getting crazy. Meanwhile, it is a final from Yankee Stadium. Toronto beat the Yankees. Big win for the Blue Jays. Uh, if the season were to end today, they would get in as one of the wild cards. Baltimore's added a couple more runs in the sixth. They go to the bottom of the sixth. They lead Houston 7-3. to Psychologically, that's just a big series for the Orioles. They go into Houston. They win last night. Here's Houston trying to wrap up the AL West. And they had a one-and-a-half game lead coming into tonight over Seattle and Texas. Texas now has battled back from 3 nothing down. They now lead Boston 4-3, to bottom six. And Seattle has an early run in Oakland. I mean, it just gets crazier and crazier. I will be shocked if we don't end up somewhere along the line with a one-game playoff or something just to get to find out who the heck the last wild card is going to be, especially in the National League. But we'll keep an eye there. Uh, WNBA second game at the half. Dallas 52-34, blowing out Atlanta. Again, the Wings win that one. They advance to the next round. New York with the overtime win over Washington. Liberty, they move to the next round. And the only series remaining after tonight would probably be Minnesota at home against Connecticut. And that'll be tomorrow night. Right now, I want to welcome in 
uh, a guy that's got a lot on his plate, I mean, and has had his entire life. Quincy Carter is a uh, special athlete, and I was talking baseball there. A lot of folks don't realize Quincy Carter, he was in the Cubs organization back in the day. So he's a heck of a baseball player uh, growing up, and then, of course, went Back from baseball, minor leagues, went back and uh, got into, you know, being the starting quarterback, Georgia Bulldogs, as a freshman. First time a freshman had been starting quarterback there in 45 years when he got that position. And then, of course, went on to the NFL, Dallas Cowboys, New York Jets, who ironically just met this week. Wasn't as uh, great a game as it could have been if Aaron Rodgers had been healthy going into that one. But we're going to get into a lot of stuff. But Quincy Carter is also a high school football coach. And, uh, Q, we were just talking about uh, Coach uh, Louis Cook, legendary high school coach from Louisiana, as I had Galen White, who's the author of this book that he just put out. But he mentioned you because I did say you were going to be on this hour, but he mentioned high school coach Quincy Carter. So you got that homecoming win on Friday, which was great. So I know you're in a, a festive mood. Uh, joining SportsX Radio, and I can't wait for you to make it out here to Vegas. Quincy Carter, how the heck are you? I'm great, man. I'm great. Thanks. Um, thanks for having me. Yeah, I was listening to that. Uh, I was listening intently to how you was breaking down that um, that playoff picture, wild card picture coming up. Because you know, not only did I get drafted by the Cubs, but I'm a big Cubs fan too. You know, I watched a lot of games. I was actually born in Bloomington. I like to say Chicago because I moved to Chicago right out the hospital in Bloomington. But uh, I watched a lot of Cubs games growing up as a kid, right after my grandmother um, used to watch all my children. Then me and granddad used to turn on a lot of Cubs games, man. So, you know, I grew up watching the Hulk, um, you know, watching Sean Dunstan, Mark Grace, the whole crew, and being to get to see him after I got drafted was just a dream come true. So I'm watching that playoff picture intently, just like you, Ken. There you go. And I'm telling you, Cubs fans are great fans. I'm so glad that they won it. And, of course, Chris Bryant from Vegas, an uh, you know, a big part of that team, and, in fact, That's made right. the, throw, the throw to first to end it. And you know what's unreal is I was actually flying through – that I had a, a layover at O'Hare for about about an hour. And it was the night that the Cubs, it was the, the morning after the Cubs had won it. And so I had wow. this, so I grabbed, I went there to the machine and not a lot of people still using the machine. And I went in there and I just, I, I grabbed the last paper there. And then there was one of the stores inside the airport and I bought four more copies because I have four dear friends that are big Cubs fans that lived in the Vegas Valley. And I put them in plastic, made sure that they were in pristine condition and made sure that they had the picture of that Chicago Tribune the day after the Cubs won that series. First time in whatever it was. Yeah. Crazy stuff. Gotta, gotta have it. Gotta have it. You know what? And I will, I will quit. Quincy, I will look. And if I find it, if I find that last one, I know it's somewhere in this office somewhere, and it's, it, I know it's covered up. I may have two of them, but if I do only have one because you're such an avid Cubs fan, I will send it to you so that you have that copy, so, so that you have it. There you go. Of course, now got to have it. Got to have it. Right. There's certain things that you got to have, you know, especially if you're a fan of that team. Uh, Quincy, tell me a little bit about the high school football, you know, the coaching. And because I know you're you're somebody that's always trying to hand back, to give back, to help the kids and to make sure that they're prepared to either go to the next level athletically, but more importantly, 
with all the adversity that you've gone through in your life to make sure, like Coach Cook, that these kids are prepared for life? Yeah, it's a, um, you know, it's a, it's all, you know, it's funny. I went to school uh, and I majored in sports studies and people's like, what the heck is that? Well, it was to be a coach. Um, and so I always knew that I wanted to coach. Uh, you know, I hit some bottoms, you know, in, um, in my life uh, right after, you know, um, well, not right after, but during my time in Dallas and then right after my Jets uh, one-year tenure. Um, and, you know, getting my life back together, really centering my life and, and letting God take complete control of my life you know, my heart is back in the right place. And that's uh, coaching, that's helping kids, um, you know, develop the emotional and um, and just the strength to deal with all the things that's, you know, thrown at them. And I uh, just moved back home here to Georgia in May. Um, you know, I had debated that thing for uh, probably about, you know, two or three months, uh, and, you know, and I'm leading up to me moving back in May, whether or not I should go into coaching right now. But, you know, I've been coming back and forth, doing camps, visiting the, visiting the kids and mom over the last three or four years and just going back up to the school, uh, my, my alma mater, Southwest DeKalb High School uh, here in Decatur, Georgia. Um, and, and I just, I, I couldn't, you know, resist the opportunity, you know, to be the quarterback coach at my high school. We just, you know, turned over our coaching staff to coach bail, uh, from New Jersey. He's been down here, I think three years now. Uh, so he was getting back into coaching. Uh, I really like, you know, what he had going on and how he, you know, uh, is into mentoring kids and developing them as young men. And um, and it was just a dream come true to put back on the blue and gold, and I just couldn't pass it up. Yeah, no doubt. How cool is it to watch your alma mater, Georgia, excel with Kirby Smart there the last couple of years? Uh, you know, it's it, it, it's pretty pretty awesome to see uh, the Bulldogs supplant their Nick Saban in Alabama as the team to beat in college football and still sitting there at number one trying to get that three-peat but I know you've got to be proud of those Bulldogs in your alma mater. I am. Um, but not only that, just proud of Kirby Smart himself, too, because I played with Kirby uh, my freshman year. And so uh, seeing him on that sideline, going down to visit him at Georgia, you know, I just look and smile at him because he's that same dude. You know, he was that guy um, my freshman year that was leading us uh, that was always talking, you know, Kirby don't get enough credit for the player he was at Georgia. You know, Kirby still owns the interception record. Um, the kid, uh, what's his name? Seen, I think, uh, just tied him here a couple, two, three years ago or whatever. Um, but yeah, it's, um, it's a dream come true to see, uh, see the Bulldogs really get over the hump and then be led, uh, by, you know, I mean, who else could have, you know, brought us back to prominence than a guy who just bleeds red and black and uh, loves the school, loves what he does, and just put every ounce of everything he has into it. Um, it's pretty cool to watch. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. This team, um, 
a little concerned about this team. Nothing against Beck, and I know he's going through the, the motions right now as far as learning everything. But I had South Carolina and all those points. I just, look, I'm a, I'm a Spencer Rattler fan. I like Spencer Rattler. I know he doesn't have the offensive line. But they gave, the, they gave at least the Bulldogs a scare in between the hedges to where Coach Smart right now is saying, guys, I know you won it the last two years for those that are still on the, on the team that may have been part of two championships in a row. But you know what? Stop reading the press clippings and let's get focused because there's teams gunning for us every single week. And if you think you're just going to put that helmet out there with the G and be good to go, I think South Carolina in the first half showed them that you better bring your A game because at any time it could be deflated just like that. Yeah, you know something, uh, Ken, I, I, I love it. I love it that there are question marks, um, you know, with our running game. You know, I think uh, Beck, you know, understands and Coach Bobo understands uh, what we're asking actually Beck to do at quarterback, and that's not lose his football games. You know, get the, uh, get the uh, ball down the field two or three times a game and let's get this running game going. But the reason why I love it so much is because, you know, the the type of coach Coach uh, Smart is, he's always pushing the envelope to these guys on an everyday basis. It reminds me of Bill Parcells, the giving, giving your all every day. And then we got things to work on. That's just like, to me, I hadn't talked to Kirby here in a little bit, but to me, I already know his excitement of coming there and knowing we've got things to work on and he can piggyback off that and show the guys that we're not there yet. I think we're in the right spot, you know, because think about it now. We're blowing out everybody. Now you got to try to humble you guys. Uh, so it reminds me of Stetson's first year. Uh, when we won the championship uh, a couple years ago, it reminds me of that team a little bit. The defense is, you know, really playing well. The offense is kind of gaining momentum. Heck, we still got what our top two receivers out. Uh, I think one came back, but we still got our uh, our main guys still out. And so we hadn't really came together offensively, uh, you know, and that just, it bodes well for me because I know that Kirby's, you know, uh, he's singing that song of how much they've got to work to get better and, that, you know, to um, to possibly three-peat. So I think we're in the right position, man. As a, and I'm, you know, speaking as a coach right now, too, because now I can give my guys some motivation and let them know, hey, we're not there yet and how many things we got to work on. Yeah, no question about it. And the good thing is coming from the eastern half of the SEC, although this year, you know, not sure with the West, with Alabama struggling out of the gate, uh, losing that one game to Texas at home and not even playing well against South Florida when you thought, you know, that Saban was going to be in their grill and say, hey, let's go blow this team out. They struggled just to move the football. So they're having problems. They could probably use you to help the quarterbacks down there uh, wake up. But no doubt, uh, you do have some some big games coming up. And you're right, Brock Bauer is one of the best tight ends in college football. And we know this kid's going to be a pro. There's no question about it. But he's getting double teamed every single play now. Uh, they're not even messing with him. They know he's not a wide receiver, but they know he's the best tight end in the country. So uh, he oh, yeah. is demanding that double team, no doubt. Uh, Dallas Cowboys, you still uh, you still follow the Cowboys? You still you still root for Big D or 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 or, or, or the Jets? Or do you have any affiliation as far as you know the pro teams? Because I I would figure you're still rooting for the Cowboys. 
Oh heck yeah! Once you put on that star, shoot, it's it's a stamp uh, that don't leave you. So you dang right. And uh, and I'm a big Dak Prescott fan. You know, I really understand um, what it means to be the quarterback of America's team. The amount of pressure, you know, um, that goes into being a the quarterback there in Dallas. Uh, so I'm a big Dak Prescott fan. He had a very unusual year last year with turning over the ball and having a lot of interceptions. Uh, but I've always, you know, uh, have really liked, you know, Mike McCarthy's offense, especially when he was in Green Bay. It was a bit of a surprise. He never ran the offense there in Dallas. Um, but him taking over what he wants to do as far as establishing the run. You know, I thought Dak, Dak Prescott, you know, going back to his rookie year, uh, was pretty much, I thought, was his best year. Now, might not have been a whole bunch of yards being thrown, but I thought that's what the what that's what type of quarterback he was. You know, that run first kind of offense, play action, and kind of let him do his thing, use his legs. Uh, but then, you know, um, uh, what's my guy's name? Um, I'm losing my uh, train of thought. Offensive coordinator. He kind of went to, you know, more of a pass. Oh, Kellen Moore. Game. Kellen Moore. Kellen Moore. I'm sorry about that. Yeah, kinda yeah he left. Yeah. A, yeah, more of a pass happy um, offense. And, uh, you know, Dak threw for a lot of yards. But I've always thought he was that play action kind of guy. Maybe get up in, uh, you know, um, the early 30s as far as throwing attempts. And kind of a Steve McNair uses legs type of guy. So, uh, man, they got it rolling right now. That defense is really playing well too. So, uh, shoot, barring any injuries, man, this team is going um, is going to do a lot. Looks like it right now, Kim. Yeah, it's uh, weird to see him without Zeke there, but Pollard stepping up. Dowdell's pretty good. We saw him play college over there, and D- C.D. Lamb stepped up and solidified that number one spot. My goodness, he had a big time yes. game the other day. Other day, I like C.D. Lamb. There's no question this guy could play. But you're right, the defense and the special teams, and there's just something about Michael Parsons. And of course, my producer is a Penn State guy, so he'll tell you Michael Parsons, the best defensive player in the game. He is. I mean, two sacks, three tackles for loss the other day. I mean, this guy has got a motor that just keeps on going. So he is somebody that is changing the game the way Lawrence Taylor changed it back in the day. He is. He's all over the place. He really is. And then just think about those corners, you know. Um, so uh, so Dallas, man, they present a lot of things on defense um, that you've got to – and then, I mean, you know, we talk about Parsons, but what about the uh, the other defensive end, Demarcus Lawrence? You know, you got to account for him too. And then they've gotten really, uh, really uh, good up front uh, in the middle too. And uh, has some key uh, draft picks here the last couple of years. So, uh, so Dallas looks strong right now. They really do. No doubt. And having veterans like Van Der Esch and Gilmore, yeah, it's a fun team. You can see them meshing together. It's early on. But they look like a team that's going to be right there with San Francisco, Philly. I mean, those are teams right there that I look at. Those three kind of – you know, going to be some battles later on down the down the line. Last thing I want to get to you before I let you go, and we're going to bring you on regularly, Quincy, is as long as it works around your schedule. I'll try and get you in hour number one. This way I could get you a little earlier because I know you're back there on the East Coast. But uh, the Aaron Rodgers situation, that's just, I mean, that's tough. And then we see uh, yeah. Nick Chubb go out for the year. What's it like just, you know, Quincy, like when you see a player of star magnitude go out and you 
kind of look in his eye and you know darn well or, or you're there on the sideline and you're watching and you're like, oh, man, this is not good. You know right away something serious happened and somebody's yeah. going to be lost for the year like Chubb last night. Yeah, it's, uh, it's tough to see, you know, uh, being a former player and knowing um, all that we put into, you know, coming um, for six months to play 16 games and the possibility of going to the playoffs. Uh, you know, it hurts the soul, to be honest with you. Um, but, you know, uh, I, I've been talking about it here a few years now, Ken. Uh, when that new uh, collective bargaining agreement uh, was signed here, I want to say about probably about 10 years ago. And um, and you've seen the light. Uh, you've seen the light. Um, I mean, you've seen the. Uh, the practices and the OTAs and, you know, uh, what was required of the players, the time being there around the facility, lighting up a whole lot. Uh, that's when a lot of injuries start happening. You know, uh, our bodies have to get used to that bump and grind of a 16-game season. Um, and when we're not doing a whole bunch of that, you know, uh, those ankles and knees is not used to that contact, you know, um, uh, injuries have starting to, you know, really, uh, skyrocket here the last 10 years, 10, 15, well, 10 to 12, 13 years. I think that deal was done in 2011 or 12. Uh, so, you know, Ken, that's something to look at, you know, uh, but then, you know, these players, um, you know, we, we've got a new brand of players now. Uh, you know, it's a lot of seven on seven being played, you know, as they're uh as they're coming through the ranks. Uh so uh so these guys are preparing differently. Um but you just hate to see it. Uh, you know, you wish some you know, we're, we're I think um big big deal about the turf we're playing on, you know, it's kinda come up the last couple weeks. You know, things of that nature, maybe going to grass, going back to grass. But I'm going to just take it, you know, right where the where the needle needs to be taken to. And that's, you know, uh, kind of looking at what type of grind, you know, we're on and, um, and maybe getting a little physical a little bit more, you know, during the off season, uh so our bodies can be prepared, you know, for that rugged 16-game season. I don't know, though, kid. No, you're right, and it's and if that wasn't enough, they added another game to make it 17, just to make sure you can uh, get that last get that right, get that last hurdle in there. But yeah, it is uh, it is unreal, and you see some of the guys uh, really struggle that didn't play in the preseason. They're using the scrimmages basically as their uh, telltale sign. But listen, Quince, up against a hard break, but I will get you back on throughout the season. Want to check in with you? Keep us updated. The college angle from Georgia and the SEC the NFL level from the Dallas Cowboys perspective and the high school level from Quincy Carter, the coach perspective. Appreciate you big time joining SportsX Radio. Quince, we'll do it again real soon. Hey, let's do it. You're awesome, brother. Talk to you soon. All right. There you go. Great stuff. Quincy Carter, take a break. SportsX Radio, keep things rolling, get you caught up on the scores, but more importantly, go back and kind of review college football, NFL, and uh, take things another notch. Going to invite my producer, Mark Hoke, to join me as well. Sportex Radio 101.5 FM K Dawn streaming live on that Odyssey app. We'll be right back live from Vegas. But I'm so
big Daughtry fan, man. Really enjoyed Daughtry as uh, we come back on a Fat Tuesday. Thanks to Quincy Carter joining us, hour number two. And, of course, uh, Galen White joined us in hour number one. Galen White authoring the book, which was forwarded by Nick Saban, the story of Lewis Cook Jr., legendary high school football coach from Louisiana. And uh, I've already uh, shared this book with several of my buddies that are big football fans, most of them college football, but they love the high school game as well. And they're like, can't wait to read it. So uh, best way to get it, though, is because uh, there's there's a couple different ways. You can go on Amazon and get it that way. But if you go to GalenWhite.com, and Galen spelled G-A-Y-L-O-N, GalenWhite.com, then some money, uh, if you do it that way, goes to a charity that's set up by Louis Cook, uh, the coach there. And so that's better than giving it to you know, some of these big conglomerates like Amazon. I mean, come on. How much money did they need? Look, if that's what you remember and that's the only way you're going to remember to go get it, then, then go there. But GalenWhite.com, G-A-Y-L-O-N, is the best way to roll. Uh, Preventive Diagnostic Center, you know, in the Vegas Valley, KT, this is near and dear to my heart. I love all the sponsors, SportsX Radio, Dr. John Pearson Company. They continue to prolong lives here in the Vegas Valley. Demographically, you fall between the ages of 40 and 72 you are fortunate. That means if you're coming into the Valley as well to visit, center a trip to the PD Center uh, around your trip into Las Vegas. So just check it out, jot the number down, call ahead, schedule it, and get in there and take advantage of the scanner that we have because we have the only scanner of its kind in the region. It gives you early detection before signs and symptoms of more than two dozen ailments like heart disease and lung disease. It is the Preventative Diagnostic Center. You can call, leave a message now. They'll get back to you. You know the 702 for Vegas, 534-7900, 534-7900, 534-7900. Leave a message. Let them know Ken Thompson SportsX Radio sent you, and they'll set you up for that free educational consultation. Comfortable scan takes a few minutes. A few days later, you get a detailed report from a board-certified radiologist, and they have the heart CT scan and calcium score special that continues to run. It is phenomenal. $125 for a $600 value. Significant other, absolutely free. The two of you get in there, a total of $125 for a $1,200 value to check your hearts out. Make sure you don't have any uh, arteries blocked. You know, guys don't want to get blindsided by the widowmaker. Ladies, you understand that heart disease, number one killer of women in the United States, year in, year out. Heart CT scan, calcium score, great special. While you're there, they'll let you know how you can get all your organs checked out. Early detection is key. Get peace of mind. Take charge of your health. Preventive Diagnostic Center, 534-7900. PDCenterLV.com. PDCenterLV.com. And again, let them know Ken Thompson, SportsX Radio, sent you. My producer, Mark Hoke, I'll tell you what, Hoekster, on my birthday, you know, I saw the Orioles down a couple runs, and I'm like, oh, man. And then I, I'm there at uh, the restaurant. We're having some dinner, and I see Mullins up. Like, no sound was on, but I'm watching this highlight. And I just, when he hit it, I'm like, oh, my gosh, are you kidding me? And then I looked, and it showed the little, uh, you know, the diamond diagram where it had the first and second colored in or whatever it was, two guys on base. So I was like, oh, my God, that's a three-run homer. And I was just, then that's the last I saw, and I was like, oh, God, I hope they held on because Houston's one of those teams that always seems to score in the bottom of the ninth uh, at home. But they got it done, and and uh, trying to pick it up tonight, I mean, this is just great stuff because when I last saw you, of course, was Friday, and the Orioles dropped the first two of that four-game set with Tampa Bay. But they got it done over the weekend, uh, some crazy stuff. They found a way to get it done. And uh, right now, 
Let me see. They're up nine to five, bottom seven in Houston. And again, these are these are statement games to the rest of the American League, especially when you go into the defending World Series champions' house and take two in a row if they can hold on to this one tonight. Yeah, I got to thank Houston for changing their batter's eye. Very much appreciated. It's going well for the Orioles yeah. anyway. <laughs> there you go. That is good stuff, man. But it's good to get the bats going again, you know I mean? Because you get worried there, you go into a lull, you're so far ahead as far as knowing that you're going to make the playoffs, and then all of a sudden it's that team that's, you know, behind you within shouting distance, all of a sudden they get hot, you go into a little tailspin, first time they drop four in a row in a long, long time, and uh, next thing you know, they're right there even as far as, you know, they're both one game, you know, they, they're they both there, but you had a one-game lead in the loss column. Uh, they had one more win than you, Tampa Bay, did. But then you take those two over the weekend and now trying to make it two in a row at Houston. Uh, this is just an incredible effort by a, a, a team that really came together and has a ton of chemistry. And I know you're excited, looking forward to the postseason, but you want to make sure, first things first, that you wrap up that American League East and have that best overall record in the American League. Yep, that's that's the key right now, Ken, and we got a chance to – actually finish Houston off on that if we could you know get this one tonight I think that gives them an 11 game lead on the Strohs with 11 to go so you know that would knock Houston out of the chance for best record so it's just now going to be a chase with holding off Tampa I mean there you go but you know John Means came in last night pitched great I mean the bullpen got a little a little rough last night but they're they're getting a little tired they've been going to work pretty hard you know but uh, but you talk about that game with Tampa too and Boy, Ken, you know, talked about Grayson Rodriguez, and I told everybody, number one pitching prospect in baseball for a couple of years in the minors. And he came in eight innings, shut him down, and that was it. And that's the kind of guy you need on this team. He's He's been pitching phenomenally. And, you know, then, then you add John Means in here, too. And for people that don't remember, he was the Orioles' ace a couple of years ago when they you know, were starting to turn the corner a little bit. But he had Tommy John surgery last year. So only got like two starts in. So he's come into the rotation now and Ken, now that rotation looks pretty darn good. I mean, you know, you're going to be probably going in there with, you know, you have Gibson, Rodriguez, Bradish, uh, means, and then uh, Kramer as your five guys and, and Flaherty's coming out of the bullpen tonight. Can you believe that? Wow. That is unreal. That is, uh, that is outstanding. Now you got the depth that you need in order to hopefully win the whole thing. Texas has just taken a 5-4 lead, bottom seven, over Boston after the Red Sox tied it at four pieces. That's a big game there. If Houston loses and Texas wins and Seattle wins, Seattle's up one nothing, top four at Oakland, all three of those teams will be within a half game. Unreal. In the AL West. Absolutely incredible. And uh, Toronto winning today, they'll stay ahead in the wild card. So it's just crazy. I mean, you have no idea, but, you know, somebody's going to be the odd man out as far as those teams. Meanwhile, National League, (laughs) the Giants had a 2-1 lead on Arizona. Arizona just came up with a four spot, so it's 5-2 Arizona. They had a half-game lead as far as with that number two wild card. Philly's got the number one wild card. They had a four-game lead. They did get beat tonight. Uh, Cubbies are right there. They were a half-game back. They're up 5-1, bottom six at home against Pittsburgh, so they're looking good. Uh, Miami found a way to get a W, but Cincinnati lost. So uh, your buddy back there in Cincinnati has got to sweat his reds out a little bit. They got tattooed pretty good today. So uh, the National League's going to just be 
insanity. Now, here's what I have. Here's what I did. I did the, the little work here. And uh, so Arizona's playing the Giants. If they beat the Giants tonight and they're up 5-2 and they beat them again tomorrow, San Francisco, I would say, is just about done. I mean, they would have to, they would have to probably win. Uh, they'd have 10 games left. They'd probably have to go 8-2 and two at the worst, probably 9-1 and one in order to get there because they have too many teams they'd have to hurdle above, and they'd be three, three and a half, four games back of all these different teams. Arizona, after these two with San Francisco at home, they go to the Yankees for three, they go to the White Sox for three, and then they're home against the Astros for three. So how weird is that? Isn't that weird, though, the National League? But by that time, I mean, it looks like now, though, that Houston may actually still be playing just to get in or to win the AL West. The Yankees are going to be done, and the White Sox are out. So they do have those three on the south side that they may be able to get in there and and uh, take advantage of Chicago Bills, Southsiders there. Uh, Miami, they got the win against the Mets tonight. Uh, So they have one more at home with the Mets, three at home with the Brewers. Then they go to New York for three, and they finish in Pittsburgh for three. So not a very difficult schedule. I mean, Milwaukee's got the Central wrapped up, uh, and Miami's got them at home, and they just made short work of Atlanta sweeping that series. They've won four in a row. Marlins playing their best ball at the right time. Yeah, you know, and and the you know the other thing, you know, don't forget about the Reds too. I mean, you know, you mentioned them, no, but they right. have a very easy schedule the rest of the way. I once they it, get Minnesota. through this Minnesota, once they get through this Minnesota series, they got the easiest schedule anybody can. This is going to be such a wild race. I yeah, mean, and got, the Cubs, the Cubs really, if they had done what they should have done against Arizona, you know, they'd be sitting all right, and they have forced these other four teams to be shooting out for one place. But you know, Arizona went in and beat them. I, you know, and I, and I like Arizona. I think they're going to make it. Well, uh, the Reds only have nine games left after the loss to Minnesota tonight. They have one with Minnesota, three with Pittsburgh at home, but then their last six are on, or last five are on the road. They have two at Cleveland and three at St. Louis. And you know the way the Cardinal fans are. I know they're out of it, but you can bet that place will still be packed. Baseball is still huge in St. Louis, even when the team's out of it. And, uh, you know, Wainwright getting his 200th win last night. Uh, those Cardinal fans are going to be there. So it's not easy for the Reds, and the Reds are struggling. They're just not playing great ball, but they're going to have to somehow put it together. They only have, as I said, nine games remaining. They have the least amount of games of anybody uh, as far as the wild card. Cubbies in control against Pittsburgh tonight. They have two more at home with Pittsburgh, and then three with Colorado at home before they go to Atlanta for three and go to Milwaukee for three. So the last last six are tough, but they could possibly get these six at home against Pittsburgh and Colorado. Uh, Miami, as I tell I already gave you Miami. And then the Giants. The Giants are, they have seven left with the Dodgers still. So Good game. I, I, <laughs> yeah, I, I, I really think the Giants are done. Uh, American League, very interesting. Houston, a one-and-a-half game lead entering tonight. But again, they're, be, they're getting beaten by the Orioles right now by four runs. So uh, let's say they lose this game. We already know that uh, Texas... Right now, let me see. Texas is up 5-4, bottom 7, and it is 2-0 Seattle now, top 4. So all three of those teams will be within a half game. Toronto got the win tonight. So Toronto still has two at the Yankees and three at Tampa. And then they get the Yankees at home for three, and they get Tampa at home for three. With the Yankees basically being out of the playoff hunt, you won't have all those Yankee fans at the trop that you normally have uh, because they're – they're not going to be into it as much if the Bronx Bombers are eliminated. Seattle has tonight at Oakland, tomorrow at Oakland. 
Then they're at Texas for three. Uh-huh. They get they get Houston at home for three, uh-huh. and they get Texas at home uh-huh. for four. So Seattle controls their own destiny. There's no question. And those seven games against Texas, I think that's the telltale. But you never know if they're able to knock off Houston. You know, and how cool would it be is if if Arizona and Houston both need to win that final series, you're going to have American League West against National League West, uh, both going after it, and it'd be great. Uh, because those games are in Arizona, I might have to take in one of those games, uh, you know, on, on a Saturday or something. That final Saturday of the season down there in Phoenix, my brother-in-law's got season tickets for the Diamondbacks. So, uh, but Houston's got two with Baltimore. They're losing the one right now, so they'll have one more with the Birds tomorrow. Then they get three with KC. They go to Seattle for three, and then they close with three in Arizona. So just crazy stuff with baseball, and I'm just happy the Orioles keep winning for you, Mister Hoke. Yeah, I mean it's exciting, and and I'm and I, but I'll just say this. And I was talking to a friend of mine yesterday. You better get those Orioles this year because I'll tell you what, they've still got reinforcements coming up. You know, they just brought Heston uh, Kerstead up, who's hit a couple homers already in the first you know week or so he's been there, and they've got a ton of guys still coming up on this team. I mean they're they're going to be good for a long time, Ken. So go. it's going to be fun. But I but. You know the thing is in the AL, you know, any one of those teams is capable of winning it. Uh, you know, I, I I wouldn't even discount Minnesota with that pitching staff. You know, but you know the one fascinating thing to me about these wild card races, and I would have never imagined this if you had told me this at the beginning of the season. Tampa's gonna is over ninety wins. Toronto is right now on a pace for ninety. None of these other teams that are in contention for a wild card are even on a ninety win pace. None of them. I I would have I couldn't be, I can't believe that some teams are going to get into the playoffs this year at least in the American League with less than 90 wins. It's yeah. that is shocking to me that that's going to happen. The the NL I'm not quite so surprised but that's you know that's some and that's why we're seeing some of these weird races because these teams are just really inconsistent. I mean you're talking, you know, 87 88 win teams. They're they're not going to be you know Going out and you know getting on big stretches and dominating series the way you would expect a playoff team too. So interesting. All right, tomorrow all football as I'll have of course uh, Mark Lawrence, Andy Isco, and of course Arthur DeCesar, my Wednesday set lineup, and then going to get into a lot of the college, a lot of the pro. I know I didn't get to review it, but I had a couple guests that I had to get in because it, you know their schedule. It's the only time I can work it that. Uh, the book deal with Galen White, that was made about six weeks ago, so I had to uh, stay on that. And I'm glad I did because that's interesting, and I can't wait to read the book. But uh, kudos to UNLV taking care of business against Vandy. What a great comeback. Allegiant Stadium, uh, the site of a big-time win. And UNLV now 2-0 and all-time against Vanderbilt. But to knock off the SEC team after getting beaten at the big house, that was cool. I did say South Carolina, you know, I was – playing the game. Cox, they were plus 27 and a half points. Easy cover. They were up 14 to three at the half. And I was hoping they could pull off the win, but Georgia wore them down, shut them out in the second half, 21, nothing, 24, 14, but still an easy cover there for South Carolina, Michigan. They pulled away from Brad Powers, Alma Mata, Bowling Green, but didn't come close to covering as, uh, you know, McCarthy only threw for 143, two touchdowns, but he had three interceptions. So that was puzzling. Meanwhile, Florida state, they had to hold on for dear life 
up at Chestnut Hill against Boston College. Castellanos, uh, the quarterback for BC, uh, passed for 305. And Florida State struggled. Jordan Travis didn't play his best game. And now Florida State goes to Clemson, and they are a one-and-a-half point favorite, up to two-and-a-half. I think Clemson's going to win the game. That's just me. But, uh, you know, there's certain things that I just I, I, I throw out. I just I, I get it. You know, you could tell me this team's better. This thing. There's certain environments. And Death Valley, that'll be the biggest game Dabo Sweeney has in a while. And he already has, you know, egg on his face from a loss earlier this year to Duke where they got handled pretty good in the opener. I think Clemson, you're going to get their best effort, and I think Klubnik might have a big game there. I, I think uh, you know, Clemson's going to win that game. Penn State was dominant. Your Nittany Lions taking out Illinois, they were dominant. And I'll get to some of the other scores, but Ohio State looked really good. So did Washington, Notre Dame, Alabama struggled. Florida, we called it. They were going to beat Tennessee, and they took care of business 29-16. to And uh, Oregon, we'll see them against Colorado. And speaking of those buffs, they had to struggle, but they found a way to get it done. We'll see what Dion's got up in Eugene this week. But my biggest call, what was it? Was talking Louisiana high school football today, LSU. I said LSU, and Brad was the same. We both liked LSU to blow out Mississippi State. 41-14 to was the final. They were up 41-7, took care of business. We are live from Vegas, 101.5 FM Dawn. Going to come back, wrap things up. We'll look at some of the pro. The Raiders have a big Sunday night game coming up against Pittsburgh. Steelers found a way to get it done on Monday night football. Deshaun Watson, are you kidding me? Paying back some karma, the Browns are. Live from Vegas, we'll be right back. Mom, mom, she's so house proud. Ah, uh, yeah, a little madness coming back. Our house in the middle of OB. That's what we used to sing when I lived in San Diego area, Ocean Beach. Crazy place. Mission Beach, Pacific Beach, lived there as well, but Ocean Beach, and we'd sing Our House in the middle of OB. No doubt. Had some raging parties there for sure. Oh, I bet you did, dude. Oh. You know we did. We know we did. Oh, you guys 90- on the beach, yeah, man. That's right. Ninety one X, great alternative rock, just party. Kinger! <laughs> Kinger! Right. Oh man, good stuff. Sorry. All right, uh, that's okay. <laughs> you digress. That's okay. That's a uh, good stuff. Uh, nines are wild, by the way. Uh, NFL. We've got nine first year eligible Hall of Famers. I'll get to them tomorrow. Also, nine teams in the NFL still unbeaten at two and zero, and you would think. Most of them probably in the AFC, right? No, only Miami and Baltimore from the AFC. Dallas, Philly, Washington, Atlanta, Tampa, New Orleans, and San Fran. Seven in the NFC at 2-0. and Only one matchup coming up on Monday. That'll be Philly at Tampa Bay, one of the uh, doubleheader games where you have a matchup of 2-0 and teams. Nine 0 and 2 teams, only one of 23 since uh, the 17-game season started. That started 0-2 made the playoffs, and that was the Cincinnati Bengals. Who's going to go to 0-3? We're going to uh, have some matchups with a couple 0-2 teams going at it this week. In fact, the Chargers are playing the Vikings. Both those teams are 0-2. One of them is going to be 0-3, my goodness, unless there's a tie. But, uh, you know, stranger things have happened. Staley might find know. a way to make it a tie. Yeah, he's very good go. at that. No, actually, he's not. Ah, no. sorry. Pot shot. Uh, Deshaun, Deshaun, <laughs> yeah, right. Deshaun Watson. Ninety-two million he's collected already from Cleveland. They still owe him guaranteed another hundred thirty-eight million. This guy ranks in the bottom three in almost every category since taking over that starting job last year. 
Cleveland, you deserve it. We vetted them. You didn't vet crap. They didn't indict him. So you signed him. You thought you got a steal. You're paying the piper now because the fans are really up in arms about Deshaun Watson's play. Pathetic. I mean, Pittsburgh, their offense, they were terrible. I mean, and Pickett's been struggling. But the defense good enough getting in on Watson, and he's losing games. He's not keeping you in there and relying on Miles Garrett and that great defense. He's losing games. And with Conklin out now, fine tackle, that's a big loss. And now you lose Chubb. I think things are only going to get worse for the Cleveland Browns. We'll see how things pan out. We've got Thursday night football Giants at 49ers. Niners minus 10, 44 and a half. Chargers, Vikings, that's a pick em from Minnesota. Total of 54 using the Westgate Superbook lines. Browns minus three at home against the Titans, 39 and a half. I don't know. Derrick Henry may get in there and run roughshod. We'll see. Texans at the Jags. Jags minus nine and a half, 44 after Casey took them out. Texans 0-2. Patriots and Jets. Patriots try to continue that winning streak. They're at MetLife Stadium. See if the Jets can get it done. Not going to be playing Dallas's defense. Maybe they'll have a shot. Pats minus two and a half, 37-year total. Saints and the Packers. Saints are 2-0, and but they've been shaky. Uh, Packers are minus two, 43 your total. Don't know if Aaron Jones will be able to go. Dolphins minus six and a half looks cheap at home against the Broncos who gave one away at the end there to Washington in the mile high city. Uh, Bills minus six and a half at Washington, 44 your total. Commanders are two and oh, Lions minus three and a half, 46 and a half. And Lions are all beat up, uh, losing a lot of guys, but the Falcons are two and oh, entering Detroit. Ravens 2-0, minus 7.5 against the Colts, total of 45. Seahawks, nice bounce-back win by Geno Smith. Got to give him credit going into Detroit and getting that win. Minus 6 for Seattle at home against Carolina, 42-year total. Cowboys at Arizona in Phoenix. It is Cowboys minus 12.5, 43.5. Bears at the Chiefs. Chiefs minus 12.5, 47.5. Sunday night football right here at Allegiant Stadium. Raiders minus 2.5 total of 43 and then that Monday night doubleheader Eagles Bucks both 2 and 0 Eagles favored 5 and a half 46 Rams at Bengals Bengals minus 243 and a half and Joe Burrow I don't know man doesn't look good with that calf he may be out not sure IU questionable for San Francisco on Thursday uh, Montgomery with that thigh injury, probably going to miss a little bit maybe for Detroit. We'll wait and see. Miami, Jalen Waddell, he's in the concussion protocol. Armstead, the left tackle, may be back. We'll wait and see. Uh, Richardson also in concussion protocol for Indianapolis. Saquon Barkley's probably going to miss at least three weeks. Uh, Wandale Robinson could be coming back. He's questionable there for the Giants. And uh, some other players out that you got to worry about. Austin Eckler could be out for a while for the Chargers and Cooper Cup as well for the Rams. But Kareem Hunt, Cam Akers, Leonard Fournette, Jonathan Taylor, those are names being thrown around, but it's Jerome Brown right now that steps in for Nick Chubb there in Cleveland. And then we've got a ton of great college football games. I'm going to go over a bunch of them with Art Dice tomorrow. Florida State, Clemson, Colorado, Oregon, Mississippi at Bama, Ohio State at Notre Dame, Oregon State at Wazoo. Remember I said that was going to be a big game. Both teams are 3-0 and in the Palouse. It's going to be fun. And UCLA at Utah. So those games will be going over with Arthur DeCesar. I'm looking forward to that. Uh, that'll do it for a Fat Tuesday. Appreciate Mark Hoke, as always. Great producer. Archives up in about 45 minutes. Or go use the Odyssey Rewind feature. They're going to be up in about five minutes. SportsX Radio coming back tomorrow, live at Steiner's Pub, 1750 North Buffalo. Till then, you know the rules. No drinking and driving, no texting and driving. Most of all, God bless our troops. God bless you. Live from Vegas, SportsX Radio, 101.5 FM Dawn. We stream live on that Odyssey app. Have a great evening, folks. God bless. Talk to you tomorrow night. 
Good night, everybody.